Hey guys, and welcome to the Rewired Life Podcast. Excited to be back this season. Uh, I've got my friend Sean here, and we're meeting via Zoom at the moment. And Sean Tobin, he's kind of an awesome guy. If you haven't met him, Sean, you're uh, you're a young fella. You're a go-getter. You're pretty rad. You're the best mountain biker I've ever physically tried to ride next to. Um and he probably has the most skills I've ever seen out of a dude in the kitchen, specifically making like gourmet pizzas. I'm pretty sure if all things fall apart in your business world, you could just open a pizzeria and things would be fine and Spokane would be better for it. So there's my intro to Sean. There we go. Yeah. Well, that was awfully generous. Yeah. Yeah. Sean, give us a little background on who you are, how you got to where you are today. Sure. Yeah, so I, I, I'm not from Spokane, actually from Portland, Oregon originally, um, grew up there and kind of the, the city where young people go to retire um, and uh, kind of got an introduction to like all things like artisan. So that's probably like why I have my, my passion for food like I do, um, but moved here seven years ago and went to Whitworth. And while I was there, I started a coffee company that some people know about um, and actually recently sold that, which is kind of a big life transition for my wife and I. My wife's name's Abby and she's at the gym as well. And we met at our time at Whitworth and it's just been awesome. We love Spokane and it feels like every year Spokane becomes uh, more home, become more rooted uh, and the city's growing. And it's super cool to be a part of it. Yep. Sean, are you, are you 25? <laughs> I just turned 24. Just turned 24. Okay. I was close. I was close. 24. You were very close. I was was pretty excited about that. Uh, What's kind of your main job now? What do you do day to day? Yeah. So three years ago, I got into real estate after a good friend and mentor had encouraged me to do so. And so that's that's continued to grow and, and take shape. And so now I, I sell real estate full time and have a team that um, works with me at Remax. And so I just, I love doing that. And it's something where I get to wake up and I'm the type of person where I like having a plan, but it's more fun to wake up and have something new and unknown every day. And, and real estate definitely offers that to you. So that's where I'm at. Right on, man. I, Spokane's got a, a unique market for real estate that, that's pretty exciting right now. So It is. It is. It is if you're a seller. Yeah. Um, Great if, time if to sell a Anybody in the gym that's trying to find a place, I, I feel bad for you. Right? Yeah. It's like, I mean, you got to like know somebody that knows somebody to try and get a deal before it goes on the market. You know, it's wild. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I have this wonderful um, old couple who just moved here and they're so sweet and they've made a resume for themselves that's um, all about us. And they're just going around to neighborhoods knocking and just trying to find uh, a wonderful family that will sell them a home. And I think it's awesome. Dude, so I, I hope they get a deal. That, that'd be epic. I, me too, man. Yeah. Me too. Yep. Need to get someone with just all those emotional heartstrings that they can pull on and they just, you know, exactly. Just get exactly. them to do it. Yep. They're going, they're going to work. Yep. So that's awesome. It's good, man. Yeah, that's awesome. So I've uh, been a rewired a little over a year. Is that right? That is right. Yep. Yeah. For um, in person for just under a year online for, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for six months. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, what made you want to get started? Yeah. You know, I really thought about starting like CrossFit when I was in school um, back in college, but for some reason it sounds silly, but I, I kind of felt like when I looked at like CrossFit gyms and um, online that 
there was, there was no one in the gym that reminded me of myself. Mm. And so I kind of felt like, do I belong? And, um, as silly as it is, I think a lot of people probably feel like that to some degree when they're thinking of starting something new. And, uh, Abby and I had been married for a few years and, um, we had talked about doing it and, and going, um, and then, of course, because Rewired is such an amazing uh, community, it was the it was first and foremost the people that got us there, um, friends who are already at the gym, and I think that's probably a pretty common theme amongst yeah. a lot of people that that join Rewired. Um, but yeah, it was it was the people who invited us in, and um, it's been it's been amazing. And then and then you realize really quick that. Um, everybody's just like you actually. Um, it's even, even the guys who are super fit and super impressive. Um, they're, they're the same kind hearted folks that you're looking to spend your weekends with. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a sweet journey so far. I like it. I I laugh a little bit now because I know if I was to open up Rewired's Instagram page and go back like one or two days on photos, I would, I would see Sean Tobin right there. Doing a squat. I, <laughs> My wife you you would that. see yourself now. That's, that's <laughs> I would good. I see myself. Literally see myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. No, that's good. Yeah. yeah. Someone said that photo is showing off your strongest muscle. And I said, what's that? And they said, your face. And I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, trying to get fit in a lot of different ways. That's good. Absolutely. That's good. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm excited to jam with you today. Uh, to the yeah. listener, Sean always asks really good questions. He's a super smart guy. He's always trying to learn um, so I'm excited. We're, we're just going to kind of jam. Uh, I might Let's ask Sean a few questions back, but I think mostly Sean's just going to ask me, uh, essentially whatever he wants and I'm going to do my best to not botch it and we'll just see what happens. This is awesome. I yeah. love this. It's almost like a reverse interview. Yeah. yeah. I like it. Yeah. So, uh, well, Adam, one of the things that we've talked about in the past, sometimes when we're talking about individual design and uh, just people's individual goals at the gym is it kind of seems like there's this underlying goal that maybe you have for everybody at the gym of a place that you want them to get to. And maybe that's just becoming the best version of themselves. But talk to me a little about that, about like what's like some of the underlying value based things about Rewired that you hope for everybody who's at the gym to experience and grow into? Yeah, great, great question. So the elevator pitch answer, which would be an important one to have uh, for a guy in my shoes and for people at Rewired when their friends ask them, well, like, what's the goal? What's everybody's working on? You know, move better, look better, feel better. Uh, Those are the big three. Uh, And those aren't just cute and catchy uh, and look good, you know, on a slogan on on social media. Uh, We actually mean those. So if I was to actually break down, which this is like the perfect platform to go do that, uh, the underlying goal for people at Rewired um, is to feel known, uh, which is a big part of it. And that's mm. that's their coach knowing like, okay, I I see where you have on, on call them superficial things, but like uh, physically for somebody like, all right, I see that uh, you are kind of structured this way and we should probably work more on this with you or we need to be cautious with this movement. You could use more of X, Y, and Z, uh, but also be known of um, – you know, getting a connection with a coach, getting a connection with a class, making relationships and connections with other people. Uh, that's going to speak different volumes to different people. Uh, but if you're someone who wants to come in and talk to nobody and keep your headphones in and be a hermit in the corner, and I say that a bit hyperbolic, um, sure. but the reality is we're probably not the right fit and I'm, I'm okay admitting that. We're not trying to be the gym for everybody. Uh, mm-hmm. we're, we're trying to be the gym that we want to be people's last gym. 
Uh, we want to be the place they stick with. So our intent from the get-go um, was be known. So like, you know, the old saying of like, we want to be people's third place. Uh, I think Rewired does that pretty well. And I think this year has tested that really well. Of You're going to have home. You're going to have work. Uh, and unfortunately for a lot of people, those two things really became one this year. There was so many people having to work from home that like even getting out and being able to go to the office and like get around some other bodies and getting unplugged from your home life for a lot of people, mm-hmm. kids that are in school or people that are working remotely, there's some huge advantages to that I'm not saying it's all bad, but for a lot of people, it kind of got stuck on the same wheel of like, I'm really not getting any change of scenery or change of faces around here. So for us, we want to be the third place. Uh, we yeah. we want to be, you know, um, we do use the line cause I think it's good marketing to some degree of best hour of your day. I recognize that's probably not true. Uh, but we want to be, you know, a pillar of people's schedule. We want to be an important hour of their day. We want to be a place they look forward to and they get energy from, and it's fun and exciting. And, they might join because of uh, some type of fitness aspiration. They want to lose weight. They want to look better. They don't want to be as sore. They want to be able to do more, etc. But there becomes this evolution that we have with rewired people where that part doesn't really ever go away. We just add a lot to it of, yeah, but for some people, that's they make connections. They make friendships. They realize, wow, I have this whole new level of confidence or I have this whole new level of energy or my back doesn't hurt when I get out of bed in the morning anymore. Um, I feel like a badass now that I can do some more stuff. And yeah, it, it, it takes it to where um, our goal is, you know, we want to make sure that people feel known and appreciated and can get more out of life because of this gym. Yeah, that's so good. So good. So I, I think a lot of people have felt this that rewired has really become its own brand aside from crossfit obviously there's some grassroots there and some affiliation and some methodology but but ultimately rewired's really become its own brand and, and that's i mean obviously 100 percent because of of you but it's also because of the people that have been along this journey with you and as new people join the gym, there's, I've seen it with myself. I've seen it with others. There's kind of this CrossFit bug that, that gets, you, you know, you want to do everything. You want to watch all the YouTube videos and you get super excited and it's fun. Um, but we also, there has to be like longevity in it. And it seems like that's a pillar in, in your programming style. And I'm curious for you to unpack that. Like where, where did you start to see maybe, um, down downsides to, you know, CrossFit version one, and then you started to pivot and create what is Rewired's programming structure. So we're going to need about 12 episodes to get through <laughs> this entire question. Uh, but, but Sean, I'm glad you asked because it's a good one. It's a really good one. So um, I was doing... Uh, I was doing CrossFit football on and off in college. I played rugby at Seattle Pacific and in like 06, 07, 08, 09, um, before, before CrossFit had really taken off, before they had like power athlete, they, they had variations and it eventually basically became what's called CrossFit football that John Wellborn kind of, kind of took over, um, more towards like 08, 09, we started doing that type of stuff. I, I had some exposure to it. I also had, I grew up on a cattle ranch, so my appreciation for functional training and being strong 
uh, went hand in hand. Like just that brute strength. Yeah. And I, like some of it's like farm boy strength is, you know, a real thing, but I, I would notice sure. in high school, right. I have, I have one brother. He's, he's a very good athlete. Um, we were, we grew up on a cattle ranch. It's almost an hour away from the school that we went to. And for us, before we had our license, like to get to the weight room to go train with the team in the off season was, was not really doable, but I would notice like, you know, middle school football, when a lot of the guys would get together and go to the weight room, like the few times I got to go, I didn't really realize that then I just thought the weight room was cool. And I was like, my, my mom had told me in early age, you're probably really going to like lifting and getting strong. Like I just, I, you seem like the type of person that will really enjoy that and get, get benefits mm. from it. But like, we didn't really get to go. And the few times we would, I'd watch a bunch of my buddies and I'm like, I don't really know if what they're doing seems like it's going to work to make us better at football or basketball or soccer, or whatever mm. we were playing. Cause and it's not their fault, but like we didn't really have a coach showing us what to do. We'd kind of like go in and bench press and like do some shrugs and like trap bar deadlifts. So like some of it was like, you know, it's good movements, but it, it wasn't really structured. It it didn't really seem to me like this was working as well when my buddies would do that majority of the summer and my brother and I would work on the ranch and like I was the younger brother. I was also the youngest son of like all the guys that worked for my dad on the ranch. So I was, I was the grunt. I was also like, I've been naturally like just pretty strong most of my life. So I was usually the one that would get stuck lifting stuff, moving things, doing more just like manual labor. (laughs) And I would notice like I'd come back after summer specifically and like going into middle school sports and like without trying to sound weird, like I could just physically dominate in a lot of ways. Um, I grew early. Like I got, I got really big, really quick. I was almost six feet and 200 pounds in seventh grade. So I was like, I was large and filling out and with that beard with, you know, with twice the beard I have now. (laughs) No, uh, but like I noticed like physically in football, like I wasn't really spending time in the weight room, but the functional work I was doing on the ranch, like moving feed bags and hauling bunks and, you know, moving railroad ties to build a corral and building fences with my hands. Like I remember playing line, the offensive line, like seventh grade football. And just like my ability to like grip and move a guy was, <laughs> I got a huge advantage. And I saw it as like, well, I think a lot of the stuff I'm actually doing on the ranch is like functional training for sports. Like yeah. riding a horse might not specifically, but a lot of like the manual labor stuff I was doing. So I say all that to like, I've always had an appreciation for like functional movements, meaning natural, like things that our body's kind of just built to do and that life will likely require us to do. Uh, yeah. Like life's probably not going to require us to go do like chess flies, right? But like mm-hmm. we're going to need to pick things up. We're going to need to throw them onto our shoulder. We're going to need to jump, run, throw, sprint, climb, pull, all those things like being on a ranch and just kind of living rural like that, it required you to do a lot of those things. And I noticed a really big translation between those types of movements. And when I wanted to go play sports, I felt like I had an advantage, um, at least for a while, you know, at least for a while. So I, I came with that background and I share that just to kind of say, like, I've always had an appreciation for functional and for kind of natural movements. Um, but even during college, when I would train high school and middle school athletes, like my goal was like sports specific training. Like this needs to be functional to your sport. This needs to, if you're a good baseball player, my goal is to make you a better athlete. And if you can become a better athlete, then you'll become a better baseball player. 
work with your yeah. coach on skills, but work with me on athleticism. Like that was always my mentality. And I, I CrossFit essentially was starting to get a lot of traction kind of as I was like graduating college, maybe even a little bit after that, I was already like full time into the personal training and boot camps, And I was a strength and conditioning coach at some schools and I was doing a full fledged career out of it as CrossFit was kind of coming up. I, I didn't really get into it that much early on. I just was aware of it. I appreciated a lot of the aspects of it. I just didn't really do it. I was still kind of doing more traditional strength and conditioning and speed and explosiveness work because I was working with athletes uh, and a lot sure. of sports specific athletes. But as I, as I grew with that and I evolved, I was like, man, CrossFit's really catching big. I didn't really like it right away. I was kind of that guy that, especially there was a ton of these in the early years, like, you know, 2000, like nine, 10 and 11. I was probably that guy that made fun of it of like, well, yeah, yeah. just doing a thousand burpees for time is dumb. Like that's not training. That's <laughs> just blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, but I started paying attention a little bit more. I read a little bit more on the methodology. I was like, I actually, I agree with a lot of the stuff they're saying. Like maybe I should look into this more. So started adopting more of their methods, but I didn't go to my first actual CrossFit gym until I think 2011, like to go work out in an actual one. I had been doing quote unquote CrossFit workouts for years prior to that, just kind of on my own and with some buddies. Occasionally we'd like go do a CrossFit wad off the main site. Um, I liked a lot of the principles. I liked a lot of the methodology. When we decided to open Rewired, I liked the idea of the affiliate model um, for a number of reasons. One, I aligned with a lot of the methodology. Uh, that was a big one. Like that was kind of a deal breaker. The other part I liked was the the affiliate model for me was kind of a no brainer. I knew I didn't want a franchise gym. I had helped grow the Mount Spokane Snap Fitness from the ground up. I was there when it started. I managed it. I oversaw the trainers for kind of the Pacific Northwest for that area. I was ready to buy it. Uh, and everything leading up to like the day before signing to go buy it, uh, I, I was in. I was ready. It was profitable. I was the guy. I was going to run it. It was already doing well. Um, and I just decided like kind of last minute, you know what? I don't feel at ease about this. I don't want a franchise. So I backed out of that six months later, open rewired. And for me, I liked what CrossFit offered in the business model because it is, it's very like CrossFit esque in the way they run their business. Uh, and this, this isn't all good, but I liked it, especially in 2013 when I, when I was going to open or when we did open of, you can open one right next to another one. Like it's just doggy dog. Like the, the fittest are going to survive. And I'm like, okay, I kind of like that. I can charge whatever I want. I can run the programming the way I want. I can buy whatever equipment I want. I can change locations when I want. Like it's really a lot of freedom. Now there's some yeah. really good that comes with that. It's a great way to like flood a market quickly. There's probably a lot of bad that comes with that too of like you could get some really unqualified trainers. You could get some really poorly run gyms. You could get people that shouldn't be running gyms, running gyms. It's one of the reasons why it grew so fast and then it saw some problems um, yeah. because it was positioned to grow fast. It, it was. It, it, it flew in the market. It went you know, from a few thousand affiliates to 15,000 plus affiliates in a handful of years. Uh, mm. So for us, when I saw that, I was like, I, I, I like what they're doing. I like the freedom they give me. I also like that it's different. It's against the grain. It's being in a warehouse and it's loud music and it's 
the coach is super valuable. You can't just go hide on an elliptical and put your AirPods in. Like I like, I liked all that stuff. So I was on board with that. Um, I, I admittedly probably kept the CrossFit side of it at a bit of an arm's length from the get go because I had been, um, I had already been training people for almost a decade before I opened my own affiliate. I had lots of other background of a degree in exercise science, you know, a lot of different other certs and accreditations and styles of training and experience and workplace and all that, where I, I felt like CrossFit could die and my training career wouldn't, nor would my gym. Mm. Um, but I looked at it as like, this is the catalyst I want to bring along and I'm going to associate myself with it, but I'm not just going to like drink the Kool-Aid and just say we're a CrossFit gym and everything CrossFit does is gold. And I, you know, it's the bar standard for me. It was more of like, I believe in training and this is a great catalyst to come along with us. But where I started to see, um, some riff where I wanted to start separating ourselves, uh, was even before we opened, um, I knew I wanted, uh, I wanted to run mine a little differently. Uh, I wanted to make sure like we kept really high standards on certain things. Like, um, even from the beginning, which this was definitely not popular in 2013, we would force people to learn strict before kipping. And that was not very popular because we were one of the, you know, few really, really sticking to that. Uh, um, you know, to kind of evolving with as we grew a little bit and I saw CrossFit's brand, their global brand going a certain direction that I didn't really feel aligned with. Um, for me, it was when we repositioned our brand to Rewired Fitness Co. in 2017, uh, it was not a, okay, our brand is now going to take an entirely different direction and we're going to be a different gym and do different workouts and everything. For us, it was no, we've, we've been going this slightly different direction that I think is more in the white space and that's where I want to stay. And I don't think CrossFit's going there with us. Uh, that, that was a big part of it of like rewire didn't make a massive shift. I think we really just stuck with, this is much more of who we are and we're not going that direction that they're going anymore. We love them. We respect them. I'm thankful as I'll get out. I'll never speak ill of CrossFit HQ. Um, but it just wasn't where I was aligning anymore. And then add on top of that, because, because the brand grew so fast, I, I did not like certain things about being an affiliate anymore of, there was some super shitty run CrossFit gyms in our city, in our state, in our region that gave us a bad image because we had that in our name. And I'm like, dude, that sucks because I can't control that. And then the second thing would be that the prospects image of CrossFit to me was not one that really represented our brand of, I can give you many, many examples, but here's a super concrete one. This kind of idea that you have to be in absurdly amazing world-class shape to do CrossFit or you can't do it. Yeah. And what it hit me the worst was when my nephew, who was uh, like 15 or 16 at the time, had come into town because uh, youth nationals for wrestling was in Spokane. And my nephew is like nationally ranked uh, Greco and freestyle wrestler. He's, he wrestles in college. He might make the Olympics someday. Like he's, he's a phenom. He's an absolute freak athlete. He wrestles at 152, the most competitive weight class for high school. 
And like when he came to town and I brought him to our gym when we were closed, just kind of show him around. And he like, he literally walked up to the pegboard and just like, no problem up and down. Never done one in his life. Like he, he's an elite athlete. He is strong as heck. He's, he was like all conference linebacker and an all American wrestler, uh, like wow. phenom. And he looked me in the eyes and was just like, man, I don't even know if I could do CrossFit. Oh gosh. And I'm like, okay, all right. Now, if like, if you're saying that, we have a huge problem because <laughs> you're a freak athlete. Like, so that that wasn't like the first time I'd ever heard that, but that was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back of like, yeah, yeah we got a dang. problem. To you know, the image of CrossFit being you're going to get injured. It's only for the elite. It's just a bunch of jack dudes with their shirts off that chalk everywhere and neon, and all they do is muscle ups and snatches every day. Um, to it's only for a certain type of person to it's in dirty gyms that have dogs everywhere. And you know, all they do is puke at the end of workouts. Like I'm being a bit hyperbolic, but I don't think that's a fair representation of the global CrossFit brand, but for a long time, specifically like 2015 to probably 2018, 19, that was what a lot of prospects viewed of CrossFit that didn't know. They just saw, they knew CrossFit is what they saw in the games. Because yeah. CrossFit as a global brand made a massive mistake in calling it the CrossFit Games. That's a massive mistake. If you, if you want to keep the global brand CrossFit, call the game something different. Otherwise, yeah. every prospect's out there that's watching this is going to be like, oh my God, that's what CrossFit is? These people are insane. Like When you watch Matt Frazier go destroy the entire playing field and that's what you assume CrossFit is. And if you walk into a CrossFit gym, that's who you're going to see. That's a really big problem if you're trying to grow a brand. Yeah. So I, I say all that for like those reasons of there were some reasons we moved away from the brand itself for business purposes for, for that reason of like we don't really align with mm-hmm. your DNA anymore. We're doing our own thing. Um, and then specifically because I know you asked on like the methodology side of it. We are. We're, we're a different brand. Um, what we're what we have built and what we are continuing to build at Rewired. I fully believe and I will rest my hat on this every night when I lay my head down on my pillow, we have built something that is very, very unique to itself. I don't see it as something that will, we will take or even have the skill set to take to a large brand that a bunch of people will participate in. But what we have built at Rewired is specifically uh, a style of training that is very unique to our gym and our members that I don't think anybody else does. Uh, yeah. I know a lot of gym owners. I'm, I'd consider myself very plugged in to the fitness industry, both locally here as well as uh, growing you know, in this area and just getting enough exposure with other gym owners across our country. I don't think anybody's doing exactly what we're doing. Uh, I think we really do have something unique here. Um, we're a really big hybrid of some things that I value greatly. And I think what we're doing now is a really, really unique system of training um, that we found the right type of people. We found the right type of training. We've got the right staff. We've got a lot of the right things in place now that are making it as successful as it is. And it's, it's why um, I can unapologetically say I think what Rewired is doing is perfect for the people we're doing it for. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Oh, that's good. Yep. So it's your it's your first week at, at rewire and you look around and, and you see some some people who are pretty fit because we got some fit people at our gym uh and you're like man like how do i get there and i think 
setting goals and, and having a vision for like where you want to go can be a little daunting when you're doing it by yourself. Cause it just, we live in a society that's like, you know, get fit in 30 days, six pack abs in two weeks. And I just think one that's so unrealistic. Um, and, and it's not healthy that we've, that we've been indoctrinated into that. What do you think is the sustainable vision for progress for people at our gym? Like what's a realistic, you know, time frame? That it takes to to really see improvements, and, and maybe what are some some problems people even put on themselves as far as expectations of of how long it takes to to get into great shape. It's a great question. Uh, at least ten times slower than people think it will be. <laughs> um, I think you're right. I think the reality is uh, people are bombarded with you know get fit quick schemes. Um, and the truth is, if any of those worked, that that would be what everybody does. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, like if you think about it, right? If you're like, all you got to do is do this program, and we will guarantee six pack abs in thirty days. I'm like, if that's true, then you'd have like four hundred million people doing it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it sells. Um, so I, I think I think the the reality is for someone that's new. Uh, doing an honest assessment of where they're at can be very frustrating, but it is pivotal. Uh, like it is pivotal to, to sit there and be like, um, particularly for rewires type of avatars. We, we tend to have people that show up that, uh, used to be in shape at some point in their life. And then something kind of went wrong and they lost it and they're ready to evolve and they're looking for something that's new and different, but that works. So yeah. for a lot of people, they're like, they, they know what it took or what it was like when they were in shape and they're not there anymore and they want to do something about it. And that's a big reason why they joined. So like when someone who used to play college sports, excuse me, comes into class and they're like, dude, I can't breathe. And then they go over to a pull-up bar and they can't do a pull-up. Like the reality is they, they need that. Like they need that baseline of like, this is where I'm at right now. And it's okay to not be okay. Just don't stay there. Like, like there's nothing wrong with you coming in and being out of shape. Like that's, that's why you're here. Uh, it's like if we're the mechanic and you're the broken car, you're exactly where you should be. Uh, but I think when it comes to realistic expectations, uh, two things that I would say, one is there's nothing wrong with putting specifics out there, especially if you're the type of person that's motivated by that for someone like you coming in, who I know is a high achiever, he wants, he wants to know what the carrot is at the end of the stick. Like Sean needs to hear, <laughs> yeah. I will have X by this date. Like that will work really, really well for a certain type of person. It might not for all, but for those that are sure. driven that way to say like, oh yeah, like you will squat 225 by this season or you will mm-hmm. be getting pull-ups by this season or like a conversation I had with someone today who she's been here a little over a year and a half. Um, and she's like, you know, I didn't join for the longest time because I was so worried about being out of shape and not being able to do this. And I'd kind of let myself go and I was pissed about that. But I realized, you know what, what excuses do I have? At least I should do something about it. So after like six months of talking herself in and out of it, she finally joined. Fast forward 18 months to today. And she's like, I, I did like 12 pull-ups in the workout today, in the open workout, which is super cool. She's never done wow. one in her life. Never. Got like 12. Uh, and realizing like, when you started, that was completely out of the question. Like mm. there was no way you were going to be able to do a pull up and just being able to say like, 
look at what you did today. Like you did 12. That's fantastic. Let's celebrate it. You're amazing. You put in all the work, enjoy it. But like also being able to say for that person, like, okay, so what are you going to be doing in a year? Like, like having that, that carrot always pushed out there. Cause the cool thing about fitness is you, like, you never arrive. You're always evolving, right? Yeah. Like there, there is no level of, okay, here's the final top. Uh, and mm-hmm. one of the things I greatly appreciate about the sport of the CrossFit, uh, and other sports similar to it is like, we just keep pushing the bar on yeah. what humans are capable of doing. And that's, that's really cool to see. So it is really cool. Um, I think having an attainable goal, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Realize it takes a lot longer. Um, but the other thing I was going to add to that is once you get there, the reality is you won't really care if it took you a long time. Like someone that's like really needs to lose 50 pounds. Like they just, they do like it's causing too many health problems. It's glaringly obvious to all of their health markers. Like you got to drop 50 pounds. And it's not the fact that the scale is the problem. It's the fact that this weight is causing all these other problems and what you really want out of life, you would do much better if you had 50 less pounds. Like if that's the scenario, that person, if they actually drop the 50, they won't care if it took them eight months or 20 months. They won't care by the time they get there. They mm-hmm. might be better off if it takes them longer anyways, cause they'll be tougher for it. But like, I think yeah. so many people get caught up in like, I want to get there fast. I want to get there fast. I want to get there fast. And the reality is it won't, you won't really care that much if it took you a long time, as long as you get there. Yeah. Yeah. Not super good, man. Um, well, so much of what you just said, there's there's training physically, which is so crucial. But then the kind of the sneaky part of what you're saying is actually training mindset. Yes. And you don't talk about mindset like every single day at the gym. Like we don't have a mindset, you know, five minute. Let's let's talk about it. But it's totally in what we're yeah. doing. And <clears throat> part of that is just like learning how to push yourself. And I'm curious, how, how do you coach people to push themselves harder? It's good question uh first and foremost don't coach everybody the same way on that Uh, that's probably Mm. a mistake i would have made 10 years ago uh where i just assumed i knew how everybody wanted to be coached and it was probably all the same then i realized actually people are different Uh, and it takes a lot longer to learn how people respond to different styles of coaching um so that that's one of it um and i think with that like Part of the reason that our coaching model is set up the way that it is where we have very consistent coaches at consistent class times. And that's not by accident. That's 100% by intentional design. Um, If you come in the very early morning, you got me. If you come in the midday, you got Annie. If you come in the evening, you got JoJo. That's true 90% of the time. Okay. If you come on Friday, you got Tanner. If you come on Saturday, you got Jenny. Like, we rarely change away from that aside from, you know, vacations and schedules and kids getting sick and stuff like that. The big reason for that is if you come in the early morning, right? I know how Sean wants to be talked to. I know that I've been telling him for months, like, dude, dude, you got to drive and twist your knees out on your squat or like, Hey dude, you got to keep your elbows in on your push up, or Hey, you got to get your chin higher on your pull-ups. I know that, um, at the same time, like someone like Abby, I don't need to say much, but when I say something, it needs to be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know where someone like Connor needs banter and like, he needs like a fist bump and a chest bump and he needs some like alpha bronus back and forth. And yeah. like, he'll just, he'll light up the room if you give him that, like, <laughs> like, come on, bro. I thought you thought you were done warming up. Let's go. And he's got like four fifty five <laughs> on the bar, freaking air squat in it. Like he thrives off of that banter where I know. Someone like, um, 
who would I pick? Someone like uh, Cindy Raspinson at six a.m. Who's uh, you know uh, getting getting up there in years? We'll call it that way. Uh, you know, is um, getting wiser, getting wiser, getting wiser. Who's in a retirement stage of life and wants to be active for grandkids and be able to golf? For her, she knows like she needs that conversation of like, okay, so with your knee, what we're looking at right now is we're working on this and like showing her the linear progressions of just taking like a two minute conversation and being mm-hmm. like, hey, while you're on the bike, I want to talk to you about like, this is what I think is going on with your knee and this is how we're going to modify. And that to her is like, that's her love language. And when I tell you, mm-hmm. like, that's your love language in the gym and that's Abby's and that's Connor's and that's, you don't get that if you have a different coach every day. Mm. You don't like it's because yeah. I'd be saying something. And even though the person the next day might even say the same thing I'm saying, you already heard that yesterday, dude, you need, you need to hear what like the next progression. So if you go, you know, if you go to the nine or the noon, you're going to hear Annie and she knows how to talk to this person needs to be yelled at. And this person needs to be loved. And this person's just here for the social hour. And this person's here to freaking throw down. And if you go to the evening, like Jojo's got that on lock, man. Uh, she knows like this person, needs, you know, they're a little bit shy, but they like to have calm conversation. This person wants to be yelled at during a workout and this person just needs yeah. a high five. And I, that's a big part of uh, Rewired's intentional DNA with the way we staff, the way we staff. Um, and that's just a skill that, that that has nothing to do with a textbook. That That's a people mm. skill. Um, yes, that, people that's don't. a huge one that separates phenomenal coaches from good coaches. Is that ability to like really know and connect like great example today because we're in the CrossFit Open. I have a list of specific athletes I know that want me to literally write out their game plan for this workout like rep by rep. And I will send that to them. And they're like, this is why I love you. Like, like they just they didn't ask for that. I just know there's certain athletes that are like, I want you to tell me how to do my reps or yeah. other athletes that are like, I'll give you a great one today. Like. Uh, Robbie Calcaterra, usually at 5 a.m., uh, master's athlete, okay, got her, athlete. got her first pull-up today, and yeah. it was fucking epic. Like, I don't know how else. <laughs> it was so cool. Like, just, like, she she was quiet about it, but I know on the inside, she's, like, like just Heck going yeah. nuts over there. And I'm, like, <laughs> like we, you know, we celebrated, high-fived, and, like, made sure at the end <clears> of class, <throat> as we're wrapping up, when, like, I thought I had saw it, but I like I was like I I'm, I'm pretty sure she just did a pull up, and I was you know trying yes. to manage the floor, and sh- her judge was already there, so I didn't need to be whatever. But like at the end wow. of class, like Robbie, did you just get your first pull up? She's like, she gave me this one, like yeah, like just that like moment of the silence and the fist bump, and then being like everybody, Robbie <laughs> just got her first pull up, and like the whole place just erupts, you know, Amazing. like that, like that. I think um, that level of just knowing how to communicate to specific athletes, uh, you can't do that in a class that has 50 people. Um, yeah. You, you know, you can't do that in a Globo gym. <laughs> and you'll probably get yelled at and the lunk alarm sounded if you do it at Planet Fitness. So, I mean, I think we, we're just <laughs> – we're in a special environment that craves that. And that's a big thing of what people are paying for. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So for those who are looking to, to get – results they're like what you're talking about as far as pushing themselves harder at the gym there's the flip side of that too which is the recovery and you and i have talked about this um off off air and that is more is not always merrier um and it's like you know if i want to just get more fit i just need to do more red line workouts more burpees and just 
and hurt myself. And it just, it seems like that's just not the case to actually getting results. So why is that? Why, why does training more not necessarily result in results? Good question. And it's, it is rarely, rarely, rarely the answer. Uh, the reality is, especially someone who's very new or maybe novice intermediate, they might get some results for a little while if all they just did was more volume. Like maybe some weight loss because the cardio, right? Totally. Like easy yeah. example. All you did, you just needed to move a bunch. Like yeah. you had a bunch <laughs> of, you know, excess sodium in your system. You were very, very blown up. You were overweight. And all you did was just move a bunch for 30 days. So you dropped a bunch of weight. Totally. Sure. But like we are not just linear staircases that just keep going that direction. We're much more complicated than that. It's also true with people that are trying to get fitter. Like if you want to get better at pull-ups and all you do is 50 pull-ups a day, you might get a little bit better for a little while, but diminishing returns are a reality and it's not going to work for very long. Um, I think what's, what's super underrated with people is everything that you can do outside of the gym to make the overall you and the performance side of you better is so overlooked and underappreciated. Um, mm. recovery is absolutely massive. You know, your how are, how's your nutrition? How's your sleep? How's your hydration? How's your stress level? How's your relationships? How's your sex life? How's your, like you just go down the list and the reality is for a lot of people, those boxes usually aren't in great spots and they're yeah. just hoping that doing more in the workout would cover it. And that's where I think the reality is people need to accept the fact that if all you try and do is just put in more work into your workouts, you're not going to get the result you're hoping for. The reality is you probably need to accept the fact that less can be more and what yeah. you do outside of the gym matters more than you know. Sure. Yeah, you can't outwork a bad lifestyle. Totally true. You can try. Yeah, you, you can, can try. try. <laughs> and you, I mean, you can kind of get some results for like a little while, but it'll be sure. super short-lived. Super short-lived. Yeah. Yeah. So you taught me this not too long ago and, um, I've talked to a few people about this, but I didn't even know this was a thing. So I just thought everybody was a human and we all were built the same way, but it turns out there's people with fast twitch muscle fibers and slow twitch. And so the, and and I think you called this maybe X1 and X2, but there are different types of body types, um, in ways that were genetically made up and, Mm -hmm. and that totally impacts how the training impacts us, right? Yep, 100%. And so when you're taking on someone that's in the gym and they're they're kind of wondering, you know, do I want really specific results and I should go individual design or I just want to show up to the class, you know, once a day, What what's going to be that benefit to somebody if, if they really um, buckle down and maybe go the ID approach for, for a season? You know, I think the big difference for should I do classes or should I do ID or should I do a combination of both is you, we've got to look at so many factors. Uh, so a big one is like, well, why are you training? Like, wh- what are we working on? Um, and if if their answer is stuff that I really think classes can handle, then let's keep that on the table. But if it's, okay, well, uh, I just got out of knee surgery and my PT isn't really helping me anymore and I, I need to get this thing back. Okay, then like classes probably are not a good fit. Sure, you can modify things, but if you're just 
kind of modifying for the sake of modifying. We're not actually working on getting this thing stronger and you back to life. Well, let's, let's spend three months and invest a little more time and energy into let's actually fix the specific problem because it's very specific with individualized workouts. And then if you decide, hey, actually, you know what? I want to get back to classes now because my knee feels good. That's a freaking win, man. The idea in that situation is it's just a really good on-ramp that was a much better one than you just kind of dodging in and out of classes with modified workouts. Um, For sure. The other thing we got to look at too, though, is – you know, schedule and personality type and, and goals and how well do you do working, uh, for a lot of times individual design, you're gonna have to do some work by yourself, either, you know, at your house or during open gym, or if you're traveling and that's the reason why you're doing individual design, like how well do you do working out by yourself? Um, for example, I have, uh, some close friends that I have let program for me in the past and like let run, um, some testing cycles and they wanted me to be a guinea pig for some stuff they're working on. I'm like, absolutely. I'd love that. I'll do it. And like, you know, I've run cycles like that and it's fun. I, I I can do it, but I don't necessarily love it. I just really like working out with people. Yeah. And, for sure. and I honestly, like I might add a little bit of accessory work to our classwork specifically because of the car accident that we were in in August where like I need to keep rehabbing, you know, some herniated discs or broken bones or whatever the heck I got going on. Uh, but outside of that, like my, my niche is I just want to do classes. I, I like being in that type of environment. I like being with people. I like being with a coach. I vibe off of that. And I'm, although I'm a bit of an outgoing extra, like in, you know, outgoing introvert, I, I thrive off of like being in that type of fun environment at the same time. That's been a really interesting one for me to kind of see and appreciate this past year with, Um, there's people that like, uh, absolutely love doing individual design. They like the one-on-one attention. They like the specific training. They really like the goal driven. They like having conversations, you know, specifically with me about their training. They like that. I have my eyes on everything they're doing. And during COVID it helped them. Like it helped keep them plugged in. And that was kind of their like social lifeline. But once our gym got to open back up and do more classes and caps were bigger and all that, they're like, God, yeah. I, just, I just need to be around people. I'm like, dude, yeah. like go, go do that. Like stop ID. Like just go freaking, that's like good for your soul, which by the way, yeah, is sure. going to make you fitter anyways, cause you're going to be happy. So like, yeah, I, there's just knowing that balance of there's a time and place in person when ID is a better fit. Uh, and there's a time and place in person where classes are a better fit. And for some people kind of like you, um, the hybrid that you're doing right now is a pretty dang good fit. It might not be what you need to do forever, but like classes have taken you a really long way. And then there's just some super specific stuff that you've wanted to work on. And I'm like, actually, I think you look at your lifestyle, your drivenness, you know, the ability that you've got a home gym and you've got control of your schedule. You're like, actually, yeah, I want to do some ID and work specifically on these things for a little bit of time. And then if they get better, which I would say they are, uh, they'll probably come a time where you're like, nah, I'm good now. Like, you know, maybe I'll use it again down the road, but I just going back to classes. For sure. No, that's awesome. Um, so this is an interesting topic. And, uh, this next one I'm gonna bring up and it's, it's about the price of gym memberships. Yeah. And the reason, the reason why I bring this up is I think that you know, with a young generation that's attracted to joining CrossFit, sure, they haven't experienced a lot of life yet. They haven't actually paid for their own health care yet. Maybe they haven't had an expensive hospital bill. And so they don't realize that 
actually staying healthy, if you do it on the front end rather than paying for the consequences, it's a fairly like easy thing to maintain. Um, and maybe you just grew up with your you know mom and dad paying for groceries and, and everything else. But something that I've come to be aware of is that, you know, if you just take care of yourself each month, then you're not going to have maybe these massive blowouts like later in life where, you know, you have these massive uh injuries or you get super sick i mean how much have you seen that play out and and where you could i mean honestly say that the gym makes life more affordable (laughs) i mean i think that's my mentality i would rather um oh what's the old proverb of like the best time to plant a tree was yesterday and the second best time is today you know like i see that with health of this is probably bad to admit, but like, I don't have a primary doctor. Uh, I love the deacons. They're, they're my go-to guys. They're phenomenal at what they do. I trust them emphatically. If I need a referral for something, I could go to them. They might be the closest thing I have. Like I I don't, I don't have a doctor. I'm not saying that that makes me smart or something. Um, but like, I'd rather invest in good workouts, good sleep, good nutrition, good supplements and spend Honestly, in the long run, a lot less, but in the upfront, what seems like more doing that for sure. Um, and I'm not sick. I don't have to pay for medicine. Um, I'm fortunate enough. Like my body can recover from a lot of things and a car um, accident. I think of, I think a big <laughs> topic on this and this, this is, I'm not trying to make it unrelated because I do think it's very related is in this last year and everything that's happened with COVID, I hope the narrative that not just people like me in the position I'm in, but people that are at Rewired and the position they're in, because their voice is way bigger than a single gym owner's will ever be, is that Mm -hmm. one of the most underappreciated currencies in the world has been and always will be and will always continue to be your health. For sure. Like if you're super wealthy and you don't have good health, you don't feel wealthy. Uh, if you've got all the time in the world or you've got a great marriage or you've got, but like your kids are awesome or your education is amazing or you got to raise at work, but you don't have good health. You don't feel like you've got much, uh, health is epic. And I think I came to appreciate that early on when I broke my back, um, for the first time, uh, when I was 19 and realizing like a lot of my life is about to change if this doesn't get better. Like everything I wanted to do is about to change and just realizing like, the appreciation that I can have now that I'm not just pain free. I'm strong now. Like that, that to me is like a gift and I'm thankful for it. Like being able to do today's open workout and like have fun and throw down and actually hit a heavy bar and like be able to do that. I don't want to do that every day, but like a couple times sure. a year. Heck yeah, dude, I'm down. Let's freaking go. Um, yeah. that ability of like, that's what this should all get you. Like, yeah. I hope what this gets people is, this new mentality and this new shift of like America's view on health is completely effed in my opinion. Mm-hmm. If you're sick, mm-hmm. you go to the doctor. That's the dumbest mentality on the freaking planet. Like we're the, <laughs> we're the at still at this point, we are the wealthiest, most affluent and the most accessible to healthcare country that you could possibly look at in the history of civilization. And yet like 58% of our country is obese uh, we've got massive problem with preventable disease. It's epically dangerous in a season like COVID to not be healthy. 
And why yeah. in the world we're not talking about that? Like I'm not, I'm not a person that's going to knock vaccines. I'm very thankful for them. They're epic. It's a great advance in modern science. I'm very thankful that it's there. But the narrative that I wish more people would talk about and accept is the hard truth that like, you know what? Fit people are a lot harder to kill off this planet. Uh, and that sounds super insensitive and it'll probably get me canceled by someone someday. But like, <laughs> I want to be the guy that's an advocate of like, okay, like COVID is scary. I get that. Vaccines are here and more available. That's a good thing. But like, how about taking care of your health? If you're 350 pounds and you drink a two liter of soda a day and all you eat is fast food and you're hoping that the health of a vaccine is your saving grace, that's a problem. Like that's a real problem. And I, I know it's being hyperbolic, but like for the average person of like, be fit, like move, eat real food. Like your body's meant to move. It's not meant to sit. You're not meant to sit and be sedentary for nine hours a day in front of a screen. Get up and do yeah. stuff. Like you're designed to do that. Like people are healthier and happier and live longer and diseases isn't as dangerous when you're an active, like well taken care of adult. And that's the person's responsibility. Nobody else's. That's not yeah. your, your parents can't do that for you. The government can't do that for you. Society can't take care of you. You got to take care of your own damn health. Um, yeah. and that's one that like, to me, I wish that narrative was being talked about more because it really isn't. And me too. you know, it's like, dude, I'll do what I need to do as a, as a citizen of the society to help do my part to get us through COVID. And I want to make sure I don't get anybody sick and I'll, I'll do what I can as a business owner, as a, a husband, as a father, as a citizen or whatever. But like, that's the narrative. If I had to pick a team that I had to go be on, I want to be on that team of like, yeah, yeah. but l- like, let's take care of our health and this won't be as scary. Like, yeah. you know, for those that have the ability to take care of their health, do what you can, man. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I, I no. get, I get fired up about that stuff, but it's, yeah, uh, I love it. it's I love a, it. it's a story it. like nobody's talking about. Yeah, I don't get it. So, hey, here's – I'm sure we can probably wrap this up. And I got I got one last question for you that yeah. I think is kind of a fun one in the spirit of in the spirit of the open. So um, – and this also came from my wife, so a celebrity question. Yep. Uh, so 21.2 uh, gave everybody what some refer to as Fran Lung. <laughs> uh, what is it and why does it invoke so much pain? Okay. <laughs> so Fran Lung, for those that are listening, you might know what that's referring to. You might not. It's, uh, it's not a real thing. Like, you know, you don't need to go Google it or WebMD it. Uh, It's referring to um, you build up so much pressure and toxicity in the lungs that it creates an aftermath that your lungs feel tight. They have more fluid in them and you cough a lot. Uh, And unfortunately for me, I got to do 21.2 at almost 9,000 feet elevation in Colorado. And then an hour, hour or two later, I'm on the chairlift where everyone's wearing masks in Beaver Creek, Colorado, and I'm coughing <laughs> from friend lung. <laughs> and I swear the people next to me are like, oh my God, he's going to kill me of COVID. So like I, I felt – because like I feel like now when you go in public and you cough, everybody just death stares at you. Oh, yeah. You can't do that in public anymore. No. I felt so bad, but I'm like it's not – I can't – and then I didn't want to say anything because I'm like I can't be like, well, it's friend lung. And they're like, oh my God, it's a new version oh of COVID. Like, no. Friend lung is not a new version of COVID. I just worked out really hard and I'm not in great shape. So there you go. Oh, that's awesome. Awesome. But That's yeah, awesome. it's uh, it's just an aftermath, uh, pressure, acid, and some extra fluid. All right, pressure, yep. Asher, I can remember that. Yep, yep, wonderful. Well, this is good, man. I appreciated you answering all my all my questions. It was it was awesome, and it's so good to be at Rewired, and it's clear that the 
DNA and vision of Rewired is unique and uh, it's so fun to be a part of. And just want to say, you know, thank you for creating a place that we can all be a part of and call family. Okay, brother. Glad you're here. Appreciate you and Abby like crazy. Uh, Sean, if, if anybody wants to friend you or follow you, where can they find you? Uh, I don't social. So you just have to see me at the gym. You're the man. You're the man. So I love that. If you're looking for Sean, he's the really good looking guy doing a front squat on Rewired's, I think, most recent Instagram post. Yeah, maybe. Super like famous it. now. I like it. All right, Sean, I'm going to ask you one rapid fire question for the listener out there. Uh, one piece of advice for someone who's thinking about selling their house right now. What's the one thing they got to do? Mm. The best piece of advice, work with someone you trust. That's all I'll say is, is work with someone you trust who is going to fight for the value of your house because you deserve it. That's good. That's good. I would think it's rather competitive out there right now. It is. It is. And so, uh, yeah, that's good. You need a professional. That's good. I like it. That's a good answer, Sean. Well said, buddy. All right, man. I appreciate you and I appreciate you listening in. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of The Rewired Life with the one and only Sean Tobin. Peace. Thanks, man.